Welcome back to Renewal, the podcast of St. Francis Center for Renewal. I'm Joanne Anderson, your host and the executive director here at the center. I'm joined today by Sister Bonnie Marie Kleinschuster. Sister Bonnie is one of our sisters here at St. Francis, and the list of her job titles is too extensive to go over in this podcast. Today, we're going to focus on her role as the director of the Monocacy Farm Project. And if you've listened to our intro podcast, you know that the Farm Project is part of the same property the Renewal Center occupies here at Monocacy Manor. Welcome, Sister Bonnie. Thanks, Joanne. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So glad you're here. I know firsthand how busy your days are and just want to let you know how much we appreciate your taking the time to sit down and chat with us about the farm. Um, now, my own history with the farm goes back to before its inception when I was a board member here at St. Francis and was approached with a lovely sketch of what the possibility for the farm project might look like. So I'm not going to ask you to go through every minute detail, but I would love it if you could give us an overview of the history of how the idea for the farm manifested itself with you and what the history of the property and the farm is. So the sketch that you mentioned goes back at least nine or ten years. Um, and the farm really had its beginnings in Rome. Um, <laughs> we quite a ways away from Anacosti <laughs> Manor. Um, in 2011, um, the sisters attended uh, what we would call a general chapter. A general chapter sets the direction for our entire congregation, which, by the way, is international, uh, for a five-year period. And one of the mandates that came out of that chapter um, was that each jurisdiction or each community of school sisters of St. Francis around the globe was to take a concrete action to show our care and concern for our sister, Mother Earth. Um, and that, that, uh, that phrase, Sister Mother Earth, is really rooted in Franciscan spirituality and lifestyle, uh, which is built on relationship, relationship with God, uh, with other human beings, and with all of creation. Um, most commonly you hear of Francis calling brother sun and sister moon. Um, and so here in the United States, um, we took a look at that and we you know, talked about it. How can we address this mandate? Well, um, in 2012, which was just about a year later, we kind of had an answer. Um, the sisters sold a portion of our property in 2012 um, to a developer. And the purpose of that sale was um, to invest the proceeds to care for our retired sisters into the future. Um, it was an act of responsibility um, and stewardship. We certainly did not want to become a burden to anyone down the road. And so that really set the stage. Um, it was an opportunity to respond to that chapter mandate of 2011 and to act as responsible stewards of creation. So we decided to set um, aside a portion of the remaining farmland to allow for sustainable agriculture. And that's really how you know, the idea um, kind of took root, um, no pun intended. Well, wh well, let me just interrupt you and ask you this question. Why sustainable agriculture? You could have set, a, set apart that land for 
many other things, another building or a retirement home, but for some reason, sustainable agriculture took hold there. Well, so going back to that mandate to show our care and concern for our sister Mother Earth, um, the, the more we can do um, with sustainable practices, the better off we all are out going out into the future. And so it's all about not us, but about the generations that follow after us. Um, and, and so we began to take a look at how that might you know, play out. And um, we had a contact at Rodale Institute um, and that was the CEO at the time. Um, his name was Mark Smallwood, more commonly called Coach. And he directed one of his interns to us. Um, the gentleman's name was Bob Drake. And um, Bob and his wife uh, were interns with, um, with Rodale. And they were originally from the New Jersey, New York um, area. Bob called me and he said, um, you know, my name's Bob Drake, and um, I'm an intern uh, with Rodale. Uh, my wife and I really love the area, and we decided to move to Bethlehem. And uh, I said, so Bob, where in Bethlehem did you move? And um, interestingly enough, he said, Bridal Path Wood Apartments. So <laughs> Right across the street. <laughs> jo Joanne's <laughs> laughing at that because Bridal Path Woods is directly across the street from Monocacy Manor. And so um, this story is really rooted in faith. I said, Bob, God dropped you right in our front yard. And literally. <laughs> literally. And that's where, we, um, that's where we took off. That was, that was the kind of the jump off point. <clears throat> so I don't know, in, in 2013, I guess, early 2013, um, we got to work. So we began with soil testing. Um, you may know that in order for a field to qualify for organic gardening or, or farming, it's a three-year period um, to change over from uh, conventional farming to organic. Um, and yes, um, the, the fields here at Monocacy were farmed um, by a dairy farmer for many years, probably 25 years at least. And they did use conventional methods. Um, they did use pesticides and herbicides. And so um, we had proof positive that that three-year period is necessary because it took a while uh, for things to come back in the field. When we first tested, um, in addition to identifying certain chemicals, we didn't find one single earthworm out in that field. I mean, I'm sure maybe there was one someplace, but we certainly didn't find it. Um, and so we purchased a lot of organic um, compost from Rodale Institute, and we spread that on the field, and we turned it under, and we tried to um, plant a cover crop to get some of that biology going, and um, not much was happening. We had maybe 30% growth on the field. Wow. Um, yeah. It, it, for, for, the, for the first three years? Well, or? I wouldn't say the first three years, but the first year, uh, going into the second year also, um, this, the field really didn't produce like it does now. Now it's great. Now, yeah. now the earthworms are happy. <laughs> um, and our, our project manager and lead farmer, Eli, is happy uh, to show them off. He loves to pick them up and send pictures to me. Um, really interesting little creatures. 
Um, so in addition to soil testing during that first year, we also put some essential infrastructure into place. Um, things like a deer fence. Um, Monocacy uh, Manor is home to scores of deer. Scores, it's, definitely scores. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nothing to see 20, 25, 30 deer um, at one time out on, out on the fields uh, or um, by the edge of the woods. You, you see, see it every day. I don't know if you've seen them, but um, there's a big rumor going around town now and it's apparently it's true. I've, I've seen a lot of pictures from a lot of people. There are also two bald eagles right around, right around this property now, which is kind of cool. Kind of yeah. hard to see Oh, those. well, I'm glad to hear they're back. Yeah, um, they're back. You know, probably <laughs> about, know they were about gone. 15 years ago, they took up a perch on the telephone poles that were down in the, in the meadow. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, in addition to the deer, we've got fox, we've got raccoon, we've, we've got everybody happy here, and they all play nice. And the ubiquitous geese. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the geese, you know, it, it's no secret the geese are the true owners of the property. That's for sure. <laughs> They're in charge. I, I, I'm digressing. I apologize. <laughs> Please get back to your story. Welcome digression. I love to talk about the geese. We had a sister years back that used to chase them. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. They won't be dissuaded. You could do that, no. but you're not going to get them to leave. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, we started to put that infrastructure into place, and little by little, uh, we were getting ready uh, for the spring of 2015 when we actually started to plant and, and to grow. Um, and in that first year, we hosted a young farmer who started his CSA, um, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, a CSA is a community-supported agriculture um, endeavor, and members of the CSA take the risk along with a farmer, and they invest up front um, anywhere between, at this point it's probably between $400 and $750 or so per year uh, for shares that go out um, you know, from early June till late October. Um, and it's it's a it's a really neat um, community oriented healthy way to get your produce. Um, so anyway, uh, Chris West had his um, his stay with us for a few years, and um, in that year, we also started our community gardens. We had probably about twenty twenty five gardeners that year, um, and we started to grow for um, our partners in the emergency food system. So we were donating at that point about half of what we grew to soup kitchens, pantries, shelters um, in the Lehigh Valley. Um, problem was that we didn't have some of the things that we really needed. Like the first year was a real challenge. We had no refrigeration, we had no field faucets, um, and we had no tractor. <laughs> So it was kind of um, tough on a farm it, with no tractor. Yeah, it was it was an interesting start, but um, but we all got together and um, and made a go of it. Uh, the community support um, that we garnered in those initial years was amazing. Um, you know, people came forward with with very large donations, individuals, um, uh, small businesses. Um, foundations 
they came forward with donations. We got our tractor. We got um, a new deer fence because the first one had horizontal parallel wires, which the deer quickly figured out. So we got a new deer fence um, that was less penetrable. Um, we got a refrigerated room, so when we harvested, we no longer had to take it right from the field to the soup kitchens and pantries. Um, and, and we were able to, by the generosity um, of one of the donors, we were able to dig a well and install seven faucets around the field for irrigation. How many, how many soup kitchens and pantries currently are we, uh, are we helping to supply? Currently about a dozen. Um, and they're mostly in um, Bethlehem, Allentown, and Easton. And they pick up how often during, during growing season? Obviously. Most of them pick up once a week, some every other week. Um, and some of our volunteers um, are willing to deliver if, if a volunteer from the uh, organization can't can nice. pick up. I've, I've had some hands-on experience with food pantries in the Lehigh Valley. I know how important and significant it is to be someone who's picking up from a food pantry and be able to pick up fresh fresh vegetables during growing season. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a real gift. And so I know that um, an Oxy Farm Project is really proud to be able to help out in that way. For um, sure, for sure. One of our um, volunteers uh, for the Farm Project also volunteers at uh, West Bethlehem and she said people just light up yeah. when, when they see the produce yeah. you know because many times it's the boxes and the cans and, and and those things are necessary as well and but, important yeah but when they get the fresh uh, fresh produce they're just like so happy yeah so what else happens on the farm during planting and harvesting season what what goes on so the whole process is um one of the one of the things that we were able to procure over the years was a greenhouse and that was really important because in the early stages, we were running around to every other greenhouse in the Lehigh Valley that would have us um, to do our starts. And so this is our third year, I believe, um, with our own greenhouse. So we plant the seeds and then the seeds are moved or the seedlings are moved from the greenhouse into the coal frames, from the coal frames into the field uh, where they happily you know, mature um, where they're supposed to. Um, some things are more sensitive than others, so they get row cover over them. Um, others, uh, you know, don't require that. They're not quite as sensitive. Um, and what I really should say is that we wouldn't be able to do what we do without our volunteers. Um, we have uh, Eli, uh, our, our project manager and lead farmer, who's full-time. We have Anton, who is assistant manager and uh, farmer, um, very part-time. And, and we have a, um, a part-time fundraiser um, marketing um, person. And with you know, that's not a lot of personnel uh, to, that's, to do that's what we're Amy, doing. That's Amy we want to shout out. That's Amy. Amy. Amy Barringer, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who does a great job with um, our, our fundraisers. We've got uh, the, the Farm Fest in October. In uh, early September, we have a pairing event down at Black River Farm. And last year, for the first time, we started with Spring on the Farm, which was a really nice um, event. Um, 
we we took our our starts, which were you know mature enough, and uh, people from the community came out and were able to purchase starts for their own gardens at home, as well as um, enjoy the vendors that were present that day. Um, and it was, it was just a really nice day. Great day. I would add, too, that if you're interested in starts from Monocacy next year and those starts that you're interested in are tomatoes, you should probably get to spring on the farm real early because <laughs> they go real fast. We can never start enough tomatoes on the farm, right? Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would check out our Facebook page mm -hmm. um, somewhere you know, in April Absolutely. And, and, uh, and you'll get the information for the exact day for spring on the farm. Yeah. Clue our listeners in, too, if you would, uh, about Pick Your Own. Oh, Pick Your Own. Uh, what a great program. So uh, I mentioned earlier that we started with a, a young farmer who ran his CSA on our farm. Um, we parted ways after his fourth year, um, and we decided not to continue with our own CSA we thought that pick your own would be a better fit um, because some people can't afford to do, you know, the upfront payment, yeah. uh, you know, for the CSA. Um, and so the pick your, pick your own is a $10 membership. And then every time you come back to harvest after that, um, it's a donation to help support what goes on on the farm. And that's, that was such a neat thing um, to experience during that first year of COVID. Um, our membership went sky high. It it it, it increased by like eight hundred percent. First year we had nine members, and in the second year we had like eighty two. Yeah. Um, and so you know people weren't comfortable going to the grocery store. Plus you know some produce was hard to get, so they uh, showed up here at our pick your own um, and. I think a lot of people are like me, too. They love fresh vegetables in season, but really, really hate weeding and gardening and picking <laughs> and bugs and being out in the heat. So showing up and pick your own, you're just in the heat for an hour, you get yeah. your fresh veggies, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And every week, I know um, it's a different variety, too. It's whatever's coming in. Mm -hmm. And we were still enjoying Pick Your Own late into October, October this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It was a pretty long, great season. Yeah. So, and the other neat thing about Pick Your Own is Eli and or Anton are always around if you have questions. Yeah. Uh, they'll help you out. You know, how do I harvest, uh, you know, zucchini? How do I harvest, uh, you know, uh, beets? You know, and, and they're happy to show you um, how to do those things without harming the plant so that the plant can continue to produce um, you know, They've got some after. great recipes, too. Oh, yeah. They're both pretty good about that. Um, I have one last question about the farm. What happens on the farm when harvest is over? And everybody thinks that uh, nothing's <laughs> going on at the Monoxy farm, right? Harvest is over. It's snowing. But I know that's not really truly the case. So uh, what, what's going on there now? We are just as busy um, in the off season, so to speak, as we are during the grow growing season. Um, we are a not-for-profit, so the farm runs on donations, and um, and we are also school sisters of St. Francis, and so education is a priority for us. So over the winter months, we will also work on developing different educational programs on um, gardening, on nutrition, on sustainable uh, practices. And um, 
You know, Joanne, I just wanted to go back to um, to the pick your own for a minute. Sure. Uh, yeah. So um, that first year of COVID, um, when you know people were out of work and and it, it was just it was a tough year. It was a tough year for our um, for our our partners in the, in the emergency food system. Um, so we were, you know, trying to take care of them, not so much, uh, you know, we didn't have as many volunteers as usual, but with the pick your own, the neat thing was that some people were so happy about what we were doing and making available that they wanted to give back along with us. And so by pick your own, um, you're not only supporting what goes on at the farm and supporting our organizations that we partner with, but you're also supporting your neighbors. So some folks would come in and they'd, they'd give us, it was crazy, like for three bunches of carrots, a $50 bill. And then other people would come in and then they would say, you know, it's really tough, you know, like my check didn't come in yet, I'm not working. And so they just donated what they could. That year was just such a give and take of, of people um, supporting one another and, and being grateful for what they had and others being grateful for what they were given. It was just a really beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, it always is when community comes together to support mm -hmm. community. Neighbors reaching out to help neighbors. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that a lot. I um, have one more question for you before I let you get back to the farm. <laughs> um, I know personally that Sister Bonnie, uh, Sister Bonnie Marie Kleinschuster, as long as that name is, the list of titles that she has here is even longer than that. And I, I know you've got a lot going on. Your, your hands are in a lot of different places around here. So I would be remiss as the moderator, host of the Renewal podcast, if I didn't ask you, what does Bonnie, just Bonnie, do to renew herself? What do you do after a, a long week or day on the farm or with the sisters or in community? What do you do personally to fill yourself up for the next day? So if at all possible, I think I was most likely born a Franciscan uh, because I just so much love creation. Um, we have a beautiful property here at Monocacy. It's not just the farm. Um, there's a wooded area, there's a meadow. Um, the animals that we, Joanne and I were mentioning before, it's just so wonderful to sit or walk or stand and watch the sunset. Um, it's just so really refreshing to me. I also, um, like to hike. Um, I love to read. Um, I, I take my prayer time. Um, and all those things together, as well as, you know, um, enjoying community life with the sisters um, are refreshing and, you know, give me the energy that I need to get up the next day and do it all over again. <laughs> Sounds, sounds like you were actually born a Franciscan. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Sister Bonnie, for being with me. I know how busy your days are and really, really appreciate it. Also really appreciate the opportunity to get down, to sit down and talk to you. We don't, <laughs> we don't get that opportunity as often anymore as I would certainly like. Um, you've been listening to Renewal, the podcast of St. Francis Center for Renewal, and we've been chatting with Sister Bonnie Marie, who is in charge of the Monocacy Farm Project. If you are so inclined, please look them up online, uh, get onto their website, see what they're all about, and support the Monocacy Farm Project in any way that you possibly can. 
Thanks again. Thank you, Joanne. Thanks for listening to Renewal, the podcast of St. Francis Center for Renewal. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and you can get more information at www.stfrancisctr.org.